are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Open your Bible, if you would like to, the third chapter of the book of Philippians. Verse 7, But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but refuse, that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection." and the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. I suppose that the Lord Jesus never had a more bitter enemy than Saul of Tarsus, the man who was to become the mighty apostle Paul. But his heart was so filled with bitterness that he went about persecuting the church and putting them in prison and even, and even slaying them, and doing it all, he said, with a good conscience, feeling that he was doing the right thing. And after he had exhausted all of the Christians in and around the city of Jerusalem, he heard of a little group down in the city of Damascus, and he armed himself with let a long journey to Damascus to arrest those hated Christians and bring them back, and vent his feelings upon them, casting them in prison and murdering them and so forth. So he started his long journey as he went day after day, over the hot sands, under the blistering sun. He pushed on, spurred on by the thought that he would soon have those hated Christians within his grasp. And just when he was on the outskirts of the city, and just before he would swoop down upon them, behold, there was a light that shone round about them, and a voice, and a voice that said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Those that were with him saw the light, but they didn't hear the voice. And then poor Saul said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And then he said, You go into the city. And there it will be told you what you must do. And so he was led into the city by kind hands in his blindness. And down through the city of Damascus and down on a street called Straight. And there lodged in the home of one Judas. The Lord had another servant by the name of Ananias. And he said to Ananias, There is a man here now in the city by the name of Saul. And I want you to go down on Straight Street, and there in the house of Judas you'll find him. Ananias said, Not me, Lord, for I've heard about him. Not me. He has come to kill and to put in prison. And he said, Don't fear him, Ananias, because I've unhorsed him. Don't be afraid of him. So Ananias walked down the street of Jerusalem, or the street of Damascus, and inquired the police, and then in the house he found him. And he said to him, Saul, you've had trouble about something through these years. You've had trouble. And the one thing that's bothered you has been the deity of Jesus Christ. You've been wondering whether or not that he was the Son of God. 
You've been wondering whether or not he was the Messiah. And by now, no doubt, that experience out yonder on the road, the voice, the light, and all of the miraculous things that happened, no matter, no doubt you now are convinced that he was and is the Son of God. Let me say this to you, my friends. You're not ready to confess Christ until you're ready to confess Christ as God. Because the man who does not believe in the deity of Jesus Christ cannot be saved. A man, someone said to me, could I not be saved and not believe in the virgin birth? Impossible. Impossible. Just like a man said to me, couldn't I be saved and believe in evolution? I said, impossible. I've never seen one yet. One little fellow said to me not long ago, said, do you believe in evolution? I said, I didn't. But now I wonder. He looked like he hadn't been off of the limbs too long. But anyway. (laughs) And the reason why you can't be a Christian is because evolution says that man did not fall. Climbed down out of the trees and started to walk. So if man did not fall, he doesn't need a savior. Amen. Did the monkeys sin? Did the monkeys sin? So when you chop down, when you destroy the Garden of Eden, you've chopped down the need for the cross of Christ. And the man who knows only a human Jesus doesn't know any Jesus at all. The man who only knows even a perfect Jesus doesn't know a Jesus sufficient for his, for his sandering about it. Now you're convinced, he said, why don't you arise and confess that faith in the act of baptism? I believe in baptism. I believe following every New Testament conversion follows a baptism. However, it doesn't save you. And so he said, Arise and be baptized. And he was. And ever after that, when the Apostle Paul got in a hard place, he always went back to that spot. He always went back to that spot, not being disobedient to the heavenly vision he had. And he goes back to that spot and said, Here is the place where it happened. Here's the place where I was changed from nature to grace. I wonder if you have that sort of a place. I wonder if you have a spot in your life. Can you walk back down the halls of memory and stand yonder somewhere? Maybe in some far out of the way place. Maybe in a little country church or in the great crowded cathedral. But somewhere yonder you had an experience. You can go back to them and say, here is where the new birth, here is where the miracle of the new birth took place. Because you have to do that if you're ever saved. Amen. Dr. John Rollins said to a lady, said, are you saved? She said, I suppose I belong to the PTA. Can you go back and say, here is the spot? You say, Dr. Lakin, do you mean that if I'm saved that I have to know? the time, and the place where I was saved. I don't say that. But if you were ever saved, there was a time and there was a place when Jesus washed your sins away. There was a time and there was a place when you were changed from nature to grace, made a child of God, adopted into the family of God, brought out of darkness and into light. And brought out from the children of darkness into the children of light. Do you know that time and that place? I do. 
You say, well, I think you could be a Christian and not know it. Well, you could lose it and not miss it. But anyway, let me show you something. I believe that John said, this is written that you may know that you have eternal life. You say, Dr. Lakin, do you know? Yes, I know. I know it better than I know where I was born the first time. I only have my mother's word for the first birth. My mother said that I was born on June the 5th, 1901, at five o'clock in, at nine o'clock in the morning. I don't know. I know I was born because I'm here. Amen. But I know another thing. I know I was born because I'm here. I know I'm alive because I can do what live people can do. I know where I was born the second time. In a little country church at the Forks of the Creek in Wayne County, West Virginia, United States of America. Out of the Forks of the Creek, over on the left-hand side of the church of a little country church at a little old homemade mourner's bench. And it wouldn't hurt to put one in again, amen? And when I knelt that night, and he came down the aisle with a cross on his back and a crown of thorns on his head and said, What can I do for you? And I said, Do for me that that I cannot do for myself. There wasn't any great demonstration that night, but there came a deep settled peace into my soul that'll stand the crush of worlds. And I told the Lord that night, I said, If you'll save me, you'll never hear the last of it. Hey, you know something? For 55 years, I've gone up and down this country and done nothing but stump the land for Jesus Christ. And I'm going on to tell people they can, amen. The one thing that bothers me today is I have a feeling that there's so many people in the church that have never been saved. That have never been saved. Oh, you say you're a judge. No, I'm not a judge. I'm a fruit inspector. You may tell me a born-again man wouldn't go to prayer, that a born-again man wouldn't go to Sunday night service, that a born-again man wouldn't tithe his income. I believe that a born-again person will go to revival. Amen. I believe they'll go, they'll go soul-winning. I believe they'll win people to Christ. And I am concerned today, and I don't get excited, but I am a bit concerned about driving so many people through the baptistry today as to whether or not that they've been born again. You can run them through the baptistry just like sheep through a dip. But I'll tell you, there must come, first of all, an experience of grace they must have a real feeling that they've been born again before that happens. I remember when I was a boy, and that's been a long time, but a fellow went to join the Baptist church. They made him stand up and give a testimony he was saved. The Baptist did. The Methodists took him in on six months probation. And now they all take him in on suspicion. You can't... You know what causes you trouble? I'll tell you what. You know the reason your fruit sours on you? You pulled it too green. That's what's the matter. Amen. I saw the other day where a fellow had 375 decisions in a meeting, 14 of them first time. It makes good figures, but it's... That I may know him. 
That's the thing I want to know. Amen. Somebody asked me the other day, Dr. Lakin, how many souls have been saved in your meetings? I, I don't know. I've never kept a scrapbook. I've never kept any notice. I've never kept any statistics. He'll keep that. Amen. He'll keep that. I've never kept any of that. Like a young preacher asked me the other day, Dr. Lincoln, how did you promote yourself to where you are from a mule saddlebags? I said, I never promoted myself in the least. The fact of the matter is, I never had a brochure. I never asked a man for a meeting. I said, when I, I'll tell you the truth, I never expected to be anything more than a country preacher. That's all. And I kind of, I'm still that. <laughs> Dr. Malone up yonder in Pontiac built the B.R. Lincoln Library. I went up the other day and spoke at a banquet, had my name out there across the front of it, B.R. Lincoln Library. I went out that night and from the dormitory and stood there underneath it for a while. Then I said, Lord, it's a long ways back yonder to the mule and the saddlebags. And that little country church yonder in the head of Greenbrier Creek with the pot-bellied stove and the coal oil lights. It's a long ways. And 18 in Sunday school. I said, there's where it had its beginning and the trail started from there. And it's wound down back and forth across this continent miles. I've traveled in one of these days. It'll come to an end down on the banks of the river of life. And I'll go. He'll come and say a few words. I hope he's kind about it. Amen. If he doesn't, I'll get up and rebuke him. Amen. <laughs> Let me say this. <laughs> Let me tell you something. That I may know him. You say, what does it mean, Brother Lincoln? I think he said that I may know him better from day to day. That's what you ought to you want to know Jesus better than make much of the word that tells about him? I want to know about astronomy. I read about the stars. I read astronomy. The rocks. Or if I want to know about botany, the flowers. I read all of that. But if I want to know about the age of the... If I want to know about the rock of age, the rose of Sharon... Bright in the mornings, I read it here in this book. There's what it tells me about it. In the volume of this book is it written of me. If you want to know him better, walk down the corridors of this Bible, and there he'll be unfolded to you. It'll tell you how he walked over the embattlements of heaven down the stairways and came into this world by the way of a barn door and went out by the way of an old rugged cross. Sailed in a borrowed boat, rode on a borrowed beast, buried in a borrowed tomb, arose on the third day and went back to the Father. I find it in this book. If I want to know about him, I must watch. I must make much of the habit of secret prayer. Because when it's men, when men are alone with God that they see him. It was when Jacob was alone with God that he awoke the next morning after wrestling all night with the angel and went limping away with his thigh broken and his name changed to Israel. It was when he had spent the night yonder in the garden with sweat pouring down that he said, The hour has come. Alone with God. Help me to be alone with God. There he uncovers himself and lets me see. 
Then I must watch with uncompromising watchfulness against sin. God's arm is not short that it cannot save, neither is his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your sin, your sin has hidden his face from you. Somebody said, Dr. Lakin, if I sin, will the Lord leave me? I said, no, but he'll hide his face from you. If you want to know him, then make much of him. And then if you want to know him better, do what? Be busy winning others to him. And lo, I am with you always that I may know him in the power of his resurrection. You haven't worshipped a dead something in a tomb. Thank God you're worshipping a living Lord that went into the tomb and came out on the other side and dangled the key to his girdle and said, I am he that was dead and am alive, and behold, I'm alive forevermore and have the keys of death and of hell. The power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Oh, yeah, you like Easter Sunday, don't you? But you don't like Good Friday. But you never see the rainbow except you see it through the raindrops. Neither will you see a glorified life except you see it through the teardrops of Calvary. Through the teardrops of the fellowship of his suffering. Group singing not long ago, isn't it fun to be a Christian? Paul didn't think so. John the Baptist didn't think so. He lost his head. Paul didn't think so, in prison, stoned and beaten. Yonder when he bowed his head on a chopping block, and I said, they're going to cut your head off. And he said, when they do, the Lord will pick it up and put a crown of glory on it that fadeth not away. Amen. Well, I better quit. Amen. I'm glad I'm saved. Going to heaven. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, preachthebible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit knvbc.com for Christian music you can trust.